When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership season on AFL Nation. Pitches on its point, goes over the top of Power Pepper, but it sits for Rosie, who cuts the 50, doubles back, opens it up, exquisite skill, bounces it home. Bontem Pelly, can he get enough on the ball? Oh, oh yes, he can. It's Bontem Pelly. A glorious kick for goal. Minigola releases it to Cameron. He's kicking for six. Jeremy Cameron charging away. Hooker's down there, three cats jump against him. Stringer's got the crumb, runs outside of the boot, and he's nailed it. It couldn't be goal of the night with the opening goal of the night, could it? Breaks the tackle, wobbles one. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Half pass inboard, Petraka, can he get it home? Yes, he can! it to Green, open goal, and he'll slot it with ease. Toby Green versus the world, and Green's still winning. Great strike, magnificent kick from Joe Danaher. Massive white smile spread across his face. Welcome to AFL Nation. At the end of the home and away season, they could only be separated by the barest measure of percentage. So when it comes to who should advance to the final four... It's only right that they should meet head-to-head. The Brisbane Lions and the Western Bulldogs in the first semi-final coming up tonight from the Gabba. The Bulldogs lived the season above the Lions. It flipped in round 23. The Lions were whacked in the qualifying final. The Bulldogs win their eliminator, and now they come together to determine who should go to Adelaide Oval to face Port Adelaide in a prelim. Jared Waitley with on, a- on AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. Anthony Hudson is with me. Hello, hello. Hello, Jared. Evening, everyone. Great to be with you on this Saturday night. It's sort of that. F- First time when you have sort of no, no footy on the Saturday afternoon, try and work out what to do with yourself. <laughs> I'm not sure I actually achieved anything, but looking forward to tonight for all the reasons you've sort of alluded to how tight these two sides were. It was really interesting to hear Chris Fagan during the week saying, whatever happens, it won't define us. He's got a bigger picture. Well, so it's kind of making a few built-in excuses before, without trying deliberately to do that before they play. But, um, yeah, I can't, I'm really struggling to work out it. My gut feel actually says the Bulldogs, but, I, you know, the, the record is so overwhelming up there at the Gabba, isn't it, for Brisbane, that it's, um, it's, it's hard to tip against them. And yet with the, the changes they've had to their forward line with Eric Hipwood, who we're going to speak to tonight, and then McStay last week, what they do about that and the impact it has will be fascinating. And likewise, did the Bulldogs turn the corner against Port and then build on that last week or not? It, they are open <laughs> questions, and it's beautiful. It'll play out before us tonight. Nick Del Santo, welcome. Good evening, Jared Hutto, and our other guests who will get introduced in a moment. Um, yeah, really looking forward to this. And as Hutto just touched on, I, I love when you come to a game like tonight as we're about to sit here and you actually have no legitimate 
idea of how this plays out. And in a lot of ways, you can mount a case for both teams and you've got a really good argument. But we often have this conversation off the back of last week's results, that one team ultimately loses but has the double opportunity as the Lions do tonight. We quickly, oh no, they're, they're done. They're not what they once were. And But you've got this other team being the dogs that have had a quietish month. They were much better last week. But off the back of what Hutto says, their forward line still concerns me. Can you ask Cody Waitman to kick another four goals? It would be a huge stretch. So then the... The it's domino. not going to rain in the second half here either. No, and then the domino effect is, well, who's going to take that responsibility? Who can stand up in these huge games and control the forward half? Probably for both teams, to be completely honest. We're on the clock here. Adam Cooney, welcome. We'll have an expansive chat Hello. shortly. Uh, let's touch base with Rowan Smith <laughs> just good, before he walks into a Solid meeting with stuff. the Western Bulldogs. Rowan, great to have you on AFL Nation. Great, Jared. How you going, mate? I'm well. How's the day been? How's it unfolded for you all? Uh, look, it's been fine. Uh, I think the boys, you know, over the last two years have just got, you know, they've learned to adapt with whatever is thrown at them. And, yeah, we've been in a hotel, but uh, the boys actually got out at lunchtime today to come here to the Gabba, just walk around the ground, you know, just do a few laps. And they went down to the cricket nets and bowled a few balls, I think, and uh, and had something to eat. And just, you know, it's just nice and relaxed. Um, so it hasn't been too bad today. Beautiful weather up here anyway. Smitty, we spoke about your performance last week and a lot of the terminology was you got your mojo back. Is something is that something that you've spoken about during the week? Is that a, a good reflection on the performance last week? Uh, Dallas, to be totally honest, like, I mean, we talked about it during the game and, and we wanted, like, a little bit of our mojo, but the, a little bit of our style as well and the way that we've played virtually all year. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit of a scrap and it was a bit of an arm wrestle there up until half time and, you know, something that we really focused on at halftime was to win the contested footy because when we play at our best, um, our contest and the contest, you know, contested ball um, is a big thing for us. And I think we were plus 35, I think, in the second half last week. And, you know, our forward half turnover game was on point. Uh, we just got some real confidence out of the second half last week. Th- those conversations about changing that contested position, is it an endeavour and a desire to win that uh, contested possession, or is it where you are structurally set up to allow yourself to have those opportunities at the loose football? No, like a l- it was a little bit of structure. Um, we put maybe one up at, at the contest to sort of help us out a little bit, you know, one up from our forward line. Um, but it wasn't really... Like, I mean, I think the, the boys were, you know, really hard at the contest. Um, but they just up the ante. You know when you're playing a game of footy and you're, and you're sitting there and you're like, right, yeah, the, the, the opposition here, they've up the ante here, um, and we did that in the second half, and we could feel it in the coach's box right from the, the start of that third quarter. We're like, right, yeah, our boys have up the ante here, and, uh, yeah, they're on. Smitty, great to speak to you, as always, my friend. So with the forward line tonight, you've got Harris Andrews, who's obviously a terrific one-on-one defender, but also a really good intercept-type player. You mentioned yeah. one went up to the stoppage last week to get the outnumbered situation there. Will you look to even it up, particularly early, to give your forward six a good look at it? Yeah, probably, Coons, um, to be honest. Um, you know, we've, we've played against you know, Alir Alir you know, a few weeks ago, and um, and, you know, those really good intercept, you know, plays, in, you know, uh, they've they got um, you know, May from, from Melbourne. Um, all those sort of guys, we've got to make, make sure that not as one person needs to take care of them, it needs to be the, uh, like the total forward line, you know, the six. Um, we've got to make sure that those boys can't intercept the footy. And, you know, that, the biggest thing for us last week was our contest. Um, you know, Aaron Norton doesn't have to take eight contested marks. Um, you know, he, he can fly for every footy, but as long as he provides a contest, Timmy English providing a contest. Um, even Mitch Hannon last week, we felt his, his contest um, was just brilliant. So um, that's probably a main focus again for us tonight to make sure that, you know, those intercept players don't have an impact. 
and we can bring the ball to ground and we can uh, let our uh, speedy players go for it. I think one of the main intrigues, certainly ex- externally, is the conversation around Lewis Young and also Tim English. Uh, he hasn't been yeah. spending a lot of time in the ruck up against Oscar McInerney, who's a big boy. Do you expect Tim to spend a bit more time dueling against Oscar? Uh, it was 50-50 last week, I think. Um, you know, Timmy had spent a little bit more time forward. We felt that we could probably gain a little bit of an advantage with Timmy playing up forward um, and Louis contesting in the ruck. Um, you know, our, our, as I said before, I think our mids really took it upon themselves last week to really be strong in the contest. Even if we lost the hit out, um, our, you know, our midfielders were on the move and they were on the hunt. And that's a big thing for us, especially up here at the Gabba. We know how quick the ground is. If you get a, a clearance from centre bounce, um, it takes you a big way to scoring. So, yeah, our midfielders are going to have that mindset again tonight. It's not necessarily really about the ruck contest. It's about the contest. What, what are you thinking with their forward line? What are you preparing for tonight, Smitty? With, obviously, McStay out last week. Payne comes in. Yeah. How are you preparing for that? I'm not too sure, Dale, to be honest. Um, we talked about it a little bit. And we've got, you know, we've got Keithy. Um, we've also got Guardy there to play tall. Um, we've also got Eastern Wood there as well. If they throw another third tall down there, we can play, you know, just that, that little bit smaller but can take a tall. Um, so we've talked about it, you know, during the week. We've got to be prepared to whatever they throw at us. They, they, they might play three, uh, three tall forwards. They might just have the two and put speed around them. So we've got to learn to adjust. And, and whatever really is thrown at us, we've just got to take that tonight. I think you're due in a meeting. Do you want to tip your hand? Are you as selected? We're 11 minutes early. As selected, Jared. As selected. <laughs> okay. No late changes today, boys. If right. you're lying, Smitty. <laughs> 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 nah, we're good coming. I would never lie to you, boys, would I? <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Yes, Go well. All right. Thanks, thanks very much, guys. Have a great call tonight. Rowan Smith there, assistant coach for the Bulldogs. So there had been doubts around Caleb Daniels. So we'll see. Mm. We'll hold him to his word. Coons. Adam Cooney, welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's terrific to be here. A couple of Red Bulls for Rowan Smith this afternoon, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I've never relaxed. heard him that animated. Generally, sort of a bit more low-key than that, Smitty. But uh, sometimes these semis can be a bit of a letdown because often the team that finishes in the four loses first week and then comes back and and bounces back really strongly. But I can see this one being an epic contest. I think the Lions can get them through run on the outside and I think the Dogs can obviously get their edge inside. I think he said plus 35 contested footy. I think it might have been 33. It was a couple off then Smitty in the second half. So the Dogs got their game going. It's amazing how they could turn it around in a half of footy after being so poor for three and a half weeks. So that is a sign of a good side. It's going to be hard at the Gabba. We understand that. But their finals record at home... Hasn't been Jerry no, Wright. It hasn't. It's 1-3, I think, at the yep. They've only won one final. Compared to 28 from 30 yeah. at home and away. Yeah, 28 and 2. So there are no certainties at the Gabba this evening. And the, the steam is just starting to rise to the top and almost bursting out of the pressure cooker at the moment with the Brisbane Lions. I think they, they have to win this. Or I mean, Chris Fagan played it down throughout the week. And if they do lose, what happens? You think it's another learning experience on their journey? I think it's more significant than that. I, I was interested in pain coming back into the team and that less and Archie, who Archie I can understand, but he has played most of the year. But interesting that they would go with um, go with uh, Payne rather than Leicester, given what the Bulldogs mm. don't have particularly. So what what does that tell you? Well, you I don't know the answer to that just yet, Hutto, but my general theory is don't change your back line and the stability of your back line to try and correct something else up the field. So the way I look at it in its most simplistic form is, and there's been some names bandied about, does Harris Andrews go forward? <laughs> no. My, my general answer is no. 
shore up your defence. Don't try and cover up something to expose another area that is has been relatively well maintained for the entirety of the year. So is he a bit of a liability though at the moment? By like he's stand, but you know he's at, at his best. He's all Australian, but he's clearly he was hundred percent. He was big. extremely hampered last week, and I think th- there's conversation about how significant that injury was, but. Whether it was severe, whether it wasn't, he did not look like a player that was fit at all to perform last week. His second efforts were nearly non-existent. So we'll give him an opportunity tonight because unfortunately, Coons, as we all know, once you step over the line... No one cares. No one cares. No one cares how you're feeling and what's going on in your life. You're there to perform for two hours. So oh, I wouldn't move him would be my basic answer on that, Hutto. Leave him behind the football and try and create something so, creative in that so forward line. Where, so Payne goes forward. Payne goes forward. So he's a defender. So you've got Payne goes, and forwards and two young talls... That haven't with, with Joe and Joey Joe and Joe, yeah. But that's, Joe but that's, See, I don't even know where Payne plays. That's what in that I mean. Structure. You've got two talls up there, and, mm. and but they like to play three talls. Yeah, that's true. So they're sticking to their system. And they have in the past played three talls. It's a different three prong. But when you've got, we understand. But, yeah, two but it's of out those of necessity, I think. Because if, so Joe went goalless last week for the first time yeah. this year. If Joe has a poor game tonight, then it falls on the shoulders of Fulton. Yeah, and Charlie. Well, Charlie, I'm talking tall. So yeah. the pain needs to be there as that third almost Does break, he, though? Break I mean, in case I, of I don't reckon you can have two... Um, you know. I'm not sold on that just yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Fullerton in bits and pieces, but it's hip... Uh, it's, sorry, it's Hipwood. It's Danaher and it's Charlie Cameron, and they work around those two. One key forward. Yeah, it, it's, it wasn't that long ago that the Tigers were winning flags one key for. We can be creative. But you don't have two in. others in your team. That's my point. Mm. Why would you have two other tools in your team if they're not... I can understand having one structural player when you've had three, but when you've got two that are really unproven. What about could you throw put Payne back and throw Marcus Adams for? I think you could. I mean, he, Chris Fagan actually mentioned that himself. Now, I felt like he's probably throwing up red herrings. He said we could have Kadeen uh, Coleman, we could even put Harris forward, but he said uh, Andrew Adams played forward in the waffle. He played forward as a kid. He played forward for us before. Yeah, I like it when we go back to 10 years ago when they were playing junior football and they played it as a kid. That's a long time ago. It's a long time that you haven't learnt your craft or developed your craft <laughs> to as play a forward in, final. in a second final. That's an elimination final as well. I like those conversations and I will be intrigued about how it plays out and then ultimately if those players can perform their role tonight. But they have to do it. I mean, they've got no, op- they've got no other option. It's, it's a huge risk going in playing Joe Danaher as your key forward and then surrounding him with smalls. Bailey, given given the, the record that Alex Heath has had against yeah. key forwards this season, I think the most goal, he's only had two kicked on him by is that Ben right? King. I think he's the most in the last sort of 10 weeks against the key forwards. So he's really bulked up, Alex Keith. You look at him now compared to what he was at, the, at his last year of the Crows and even when he started early last year. Like, he's a big... Because that was all... It was like, oh, they don't really have... Keith was seen as an interceptor at yeah. Adelaide, wasn't he, really? But he's gone to the dogs and he's become that... Big guy that can play on the on the on the key. sometimes out of necessity as well. Yeah, when absolutely. Had depleted defence, but yeah. they haven't had a lot of key defenders in their stocks naturally before he even got there. So I think he's evolved as a player. So how unlikely is it all? Payne hasn't kicked a goal in his league career. Fulton's <laughs> kicked three in thirteen games. Marcus Adams has kicked four in fifty four, and Harris Andrews has kicked ten in one hundred and thirty five. Well, so if, if any of them works, it's a shock. Yeah, if any of them kicks two, I think that's a that's a win. So it falls on the shoulders of Joe Danaher. Yeah, not, not McCar- the game. McCarthy but and Cam- I mean Cameron's kicked fourteen goals in the last three weeks. Yeah, and and McCarthy is a but he is kicked a goal. What, what, he kicked five last week. Charlie five Cameron? last week. And six, it didn't have an effect. On six the, two weeks on the ago. Result. No, he got no support last week, did he? I wouldn't so, underestimate Zach Bailey as well. No, well, that's right. They had, do have other dangerous forwards, so mm. that that's why I find it fascinating that they would go with three talls. 
if two of them have barely kicked a goal in their career. So, so what Jared's saying is they're due. I'm saying it won't work. He's saying it's, he's saying there's no, no chance. I, I, I'm, I'm in the school. I, I was surprised at selection because I thought I, I'll be surprised if they line up that way. Maybe it's the late change you make to try to throw them off, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. I would much I'm rather play that. with um, Charlie's a marking forward. McCarthy's definitely a marking forward, and Danaher's your P. I would much rather just surround them with smalls than I, with ineffectual talls. And Nakia. You know, he's he had one good quarter two weeks ago. He's playing, what, his fifth game for the year, sixth game for the year. He was a sub once, I think. I mean, he's he's lucky to be there at yeah, the moment. I, he is a dangerous player, and I really hope he goes Can well. Can I pose this to you, Coons? And I love this debate because we're sitting here and we don't really know how this is going to play and where those magnets ultimately fall. But you have a philosophy that you can't play one key tall in its current, current structure, even though the Brisbane Lions may be forced to do that. You can't see that working at all. Well, maybe, well, and throw in Fullerton as well, sorry. Maybe I'm in uh, of the opinion of that because of the finals that I played in, particularly against your mob, and we generally only had one key forward, and it hurt us in last quarters and late in finals because pressure goes up, intensity goes up, there's no time to get rid of the footy. All you've got to do is bomb it inside 50. And you want to kick it to one, and you want to kick it to two. You want to kick it to three tall targets to provide a contest. You don't want to kick to Sam Fisher, who intercepts and costs you the game late in the final quarter. Still, maybe I'm still thinking about 2009. <laughs> I don't know. But I'd rather have the big options down yeah, there late in the game rather than to kick to a Lincoln McCarthy or mm. a Charlie Cameron at full forward. That's a beautiful depiction. <laughs> I love it. It's a Still kicks me away <laughs> So that's excellent. Our pre-game show is for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Is the the overall of the lines that, that you've tabled? So it's three consecutive top four finishes, which is the way to stalk success. Except that the first year is straight sets, as they're not quite ready. The next year they do win their way into a prelim final where they absolutely don't stack up, and they were a top four side this year until right at the end. And I have spent part of the week pondering: would they have been better? Finishing fifth, winning handsomely winning an elimination final. They would have belted Essendon. Mm. Go through, full of confidence, get some momentum, but they wouldn't be at the gap. No, they wouldn't. And the Dogs, they live the season in the top two, fall horribly, tumble out, get the win to send them back on their way and then hit it. As I've I've tossed around all week. Who, Which camp would I rather be in? Which camp feels better walking into this game? And to hear the two coaches is to go, the Bulldogs feel better about themselves tonight and the Lions are guarding against a second straight sets exit, which doesn't mean that's how it plays out. Yep. But they are on guard. This hasn't been a wasted season. This has been our best of the three seasons. We won't be defined by it. Absolutely on guard for going out again in straight sets. Well, it's the the, the motive, not the motivation, but the, the factor of playing such a great second half, leading you in with confidence against the Brisbane Lions versus the fear of failure by going out in straight sets. And I think that far outweighs mm. uh, anything else because when you want to finish top four, going out in straight sets is such a huge failure, isn't it? Yep. And, 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 and you stew on it all summer. But the Western Bulldogs have got a tougher road to win the premiership from finishing there. And they win, they've got to go over and face... Port Adelaide next week. And then if they win that, they've got to travel over to Perth to try and win a grand final. So they're it, covering some Ks. Brisbane, yeah. Adelaide, Perth. It's a tough run. Surely you, you so are, many of those Brisbane players can't play as badly again this week as they did you, last you'd week. You'd like to think so. So the complexity of that, not, the complexity of what Jared's just posed, which is spot on, but also the beauty about team sport is you might have half the team, Jared, 
that can respond. They've got the self pride to say that was as bad as I'll be and I'll never be that person again. Then you've got the other group and it doesn't necessarily depend on their age or their experience. They've got the little man on their shoulder saying, oh, we, we don't want to go out in straight sets. And their actions will reflect that. It might be conservative ball use. It may not be attacking the football when it's a loose football. So you've got this complexity of these personality types with the psyche trying to get them to play the same sort of football for two hours. So you pose that question, who would I rather be? Well, right now I'd probably, probably prefer to be the dogs. Because for some reason you have this, well, it doesn't really matter. We're almost lucky to be here and we've got this opportunity. We're going up against the Brisbane Lions on their home deck. And on the flip side, which Coons and I, we would have experienced it at some stage, like, this is our home deck. We better not go out in straight sets again. That's another year of not quite getting to where we want to be. Are we making progress? We have to wait six more months and go through a whole other pre-season to put ourselves back in this position. Right now, I'm probably leaning on the side of the uh, the dogs, Jared. The other thing with the with the Bulldogs, where it, it is personified, I guess, is that two of the players that missed a lot of footy, Trelaw and Dunkley, have just started to show some signs, haven't they? So that's a tangible thing that we can go, this is not just about getting our mojo back. This is actually about getting our best team back. Comparable to Port Adelaide with their young kids that have come in and they probably came up quicker than those two. But Dunkley tagging in the second half last week. Troy, he hasn't really hit his straps fully, but he's shown some signs, hasn't he? So maybe they can use use that. Do to you think there'll be a sense as well with some players tonight? I heard Chris Scott speak during the week about Dangerfield and him trying to do too much as, as a general feel, whether there is a threat that the Brisbane Lions, some of their individuals and their leaders will have to do too much. Where the Dogs have got this weight of numbers in this collective group, particularly through the midfield, where... They don't have to do any more than just do what they've been doing for the majority of this year. Yeah, there's certainly that aspect to it. I mean, Dane Zorko is the one who springs to mind, who sometimes tries to do and put everything on his shoulders. You've got to be as intense as you can in your actions, but as cool as you can be in your mind. And that's the challenge for the Lions, given the the predicament that they're in at the moment. And you mentioned the ball use. Do you go in conservative? So I think they conceded 73 intercept possessions last week. That little man on your shoulder turns into a monster already after the week they've had, plus what's been building in the last few years. So it's, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the first quarter of this match. Our experts tonight are for car sales. Sell your car with a hassle freeway with car sales. Instant offer, Adam Cooney and Nick Del Santo. So Eric Hipwood's going to join us shortly. We'll loop back through this conversation in this hour before the opening siren. The news of the day for chicane, trade quality hand tools. How big a loss is Brandon Parfit with the hamstring out of last night's game? Uh, yeah, it, it's something. It's significant. Uh, he's not clearly not the most important player, but I've just touched on the Western Bulldogs and their, their depth through the midfield and that collective. He's a really good player, a, a really, really good player. Have they any indication about the significance of it, Jared, and how long it plays out? Uh, I haven't heard formally, but it looked uh, for all the world. They like said the it was, a, it was yeah. a real it's hamstring, a, so it's the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. so th- those guys are hard to replace that have been such a, a, a stable part of their midfield. And it caused the shuffle that I think hurt them last night because Tui went from halfback to the wing because Guthrie had to come on and play yep. as the sub at halfback. And we talked to Matty Knight's pre-match about how do you pick your sub for a final? They said, well, Guthrie's the most sort of versatile player, but if they'd gone with Higgins or Knuckle, then he would have slotted in, and you just don't know. And that's that's what is really interesting in finals no. about the I, sub. I think Parfit's one of those plays when, you, when you're doing your opposition report and whether you're doing your midfield or is it a team and you're about to play the Cats, he pro- his name probably doesn't get spoken about a lot. But he's that one, and men and goalers in the same sort of category that they slip under the radar enough where you walk away after playing and going, Damn, Parfit's had 30 disposals in a goal or two and men and goalers in that category as well. So it's hard to replace that, and I mean this in a really... Pl- 
the second tier midfielders because they've got so many genuine stars who are Dangerfield, Selwood. So is, is it Narkel or Higgins or some who would who well, would replace him? Do you think the, the player that Parfit is? He is their um, defender yes. as such through the middle of the ground. So he's the one who puts the defensive pressure on. He lays the tackles. He does the hard stuff going back the other way. Not sure so Sean not, Higgins does that. No, but I'm not sure Narkel does, sure does, does either to the extent yeah. that Parfit does. So. Uh, and they haven't played enough of the younger no. players who are 20, 21 and ready to be playing senior footy to actually trust them enough to play that Parfit role. So do they go with Higgins at, uh, at, in, in half forward and then maybe Tui plays up inside a little bit more and on a wing and they sh- they, re- they reshuffle there? It's it, probably, it probably means that um, Holmes keeps his spot. If that, whether that was, he had seven or eight tackles last night. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Chicane, trade quality, hand tools, with lifetime warranty. Uh, do you have your eyes on a brand new car? Go ahead and experience the convenience of buying your brand new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. Visit the Hyundai website to find your local dealer today. So we'll head to the Gabba shortly and talk to Eric Hipwood. We'll set things up from a Lions perspective and then we can uh, debate a little bit more broadly what happened last night, what does it mean. Rowan Smith, full marks to Rowan for honesty. No late changes for tonight's <laughs> semi-final. <laughs> well done him. So Caleb Daniel is in the dog's side. Uh, the medical subs are Ryan Lester for the Lions and Jason Johannesson again for the dogs. Uh, AFL Nation has given you the chance to nominate someone to win two 2022 AFL Silver Club memberships thanks to Coles Insurance. Visit iCanWin.com.au. Listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. For the Brisbane Lions and the Western Bulldogs on AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. Kick your home loan goals at athena.com.au. We're inside the Lions camp here with injured Brisbane forward Eric Hipwood. Eric, thanks for your time. Welcome to AFL Nation. Thank you, guys. Good to be part of it. Is it a hard night to be sitting on the sidelines? <laughs> it's always hard watching, mate. It's um, but no, I've got full confidence in the boys tonight. It's um, but no, it's certainly not enjoyable watching from the sidelines. How long post surgery are you, Eric? Um, I am seven days and four days, and no, seven weeks and four days, not counting. But <laughs> it's, um, it's uh, it's been yeah, it's been a long seven seven weeks. It's been um, it's, I've been learning a lot about my body. It's um. It's been enjoyable and um, time's sort of been still for me, which hasn't been in the past. It's, it's funny when you're playing footy, um, you sort of enjoy the win or loss for about an hour and then it's on to next week. But for now, it's, it's uh, time sort of stayed still, which, which it hasn't been like in the past. So it's been a little bit different. Do you reckon you could just prop up in the forward pocket tonight? <laughs> 
<laughs> I certainly made. I, I I told Fags throughout the week. I, I told him I might be able to play out a full forward, but he was quick to to reject that Eric, that offer. Mm-hmm. Eric, before we get into tonight's game, just out of curiosity, wh- when you watch your team, what do you see different to when you've been playing? What have you learned from being on the sidelines in regards to the style of play? Um, not too much, but Fags is is um, consistent in terms of backing our system in. Um, it's it's been like I've learned um, to control my emotions a little bit, a little bit, but um, like I've learned a lot about our, our, our footy team. Um, like we obviously went through that lapse a little bit early when I did my injury and we didn't win too many games early. But I um, from the sidelines I learned a lot, um, and from being away from the team, um, it was it was hard at first, but I also. Um, took a, uh, a little bit different approach in terms of um, like a coach's approach and um, actually learned a fair bit about our team, which I'll be able to take in terms of leadership um, into into next year. What have you seen from the team this week off the back of a tough performance last week, knowing that the Dogs have won the game? How have you felt that the response in preparation for tonight has been this week? Um, look, we had, a, we had a lot of poor efforts last, year, uh, last week, especially in the first half. We didn't we didn't adjust well, especially in the first half, um, to the Demick Day injury. It took us just too long to adjust, and um, Melbourne just transitioned the ball way too way too easily from our back half to to the front half. And I think they had about eight or nine scores in the in the first half from our back from their back half transition. So um, I'd expect our our, um, our forwards to be a lot better on defence um, this time round. So you would have been sitting in match committee during the week, I assume, Eric, and put your <laughs> hand up about the, the forward six and what happens tonight. So Payne comes into the side. How do you think the forward six structures up? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure how... I'm, I'm, I'm not in match committee at all. <laughs> um, but uh, Fags is, is pretty adamant on, on three tall... Well, not three tall forwards, but three, three tall posts up forward. Um, he has been for, for a long time, for a few years now. Um, I'm not too sure what he's, what he's going to do. He keeps, he keeps his cards close to his chest and uh, we're not there yesterday when we had our, um, our captains run and I'm sure that's when he announced the team and, and told the, the players what, what position they're playing. So I'm not sure who's playing in what position. It's going to be interesting when it comes um, to an advance and um, I've certainly given my advice out there and um, I've, I've I've helped as much as I can to, to Jed Agcock, our, um, our forwards coach, and I've given my advice as much as I can. So um, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to see how the boys go, and um, I wish I could be out there, to be totally honest. Yeah, it's always a tough time when you're injured come final. So you weren't in match committee. I'm guessing you're in the opposition meetings when you have a look at <laughs> the Western Bulldogs and what they do well. What were some of the main points that came out when you watched the opposition? Um, yeah, we had a we had a good look at last time we played them in Ballarat. Um, I mean, they're a tough team to scout the doggies. Um, all our KPIs that we we go against is um, like contested ball, front half turnovers, and whatnot. Um, we actually hit those last time we played them, but they seemed to beat us by I think it was 20, 20 odd points last time they beat us. And we we still we did really well at contested ball, front half turnovers, and stuff. So. Um, it's going to be a really, really interesting game, but um, I think it'll be one and loss, loss in the middle, middle of the ground. They've got a quality midfield, and um, like I think Marcus Bontempelli's accolades throughout the week speak speak highly enough for the Western Bulldogs whole entire team. So 
I'm, I personally think it'll be one and lost throughout the midfield. Eric, if you were the coach and you sat in all those meetings that Coons is touching on, would you put the emphasis to minimise it at the source being Libber or would you try and minimise the damage on the outside being Bond, Hunter or McRae? Where would you put your priority to? Um, look, you can't you can't focus on one player. Um, I mean, we're, we're a really good stoppage team. We score well from stoppage and that's a huge focus for us. Um, they're a high possession, possession team. But um, yeah, you can't you can't really focus on one t- uh, one player. I know Liver gets a lot of clearances himself, but yeah, look, it's going to be a collective group sort of um, sort of win. Uh, we can't just focus on one player, and um, if we can get all of our players well, and I think we've proven that in the past. Well, I mean, we we are one of the one of the teams that have multiple goal scorers, um, and that's going to be a massive focus for us to to have a multiple goal scorers so we have a lot of avenues to goals. So um, we can't just focus on one of their players and I think it's just going to be a, a collective sort of group um, approach. So Joe Danaher's settled in really well. Looks like he's enjoying his footy and his time up in Brisbane. You've played with him. You've watched him on the sidelines. The first time he didn't kick a goal all season last week. What's his <laughs> mood been like throughout the week? Um, no, nothing's, too, nothing's changed too much for Joey. Um, he's been really positive. It's been um, a good week on the track for the boys. They've actually trained really, really well. Um, I mean, nothing's changed for him. doesn't matter if he kicks goals or not. That's not his, that's not his role. Um, I know he gets overhyped a little bit about him kicking a goal, but um, it's just about him bringing the ball to, to the front for our smallest to get to work. We've got some really dangerous forwards in, in Charlie Cameron and Link McCarthy and, and Co. So, um, look, he whether he hits the scoreboard or not, it's, that's not his role. So, um, But, no, the boys have trained really, really well. Um, I'm really, really excited what they're going to bring. If they, if they bring what they did to training, um, I'm sure we'll go really well tonight. With the extra time on your hands or when you've sort of had to at the rest, uh, what have you sort of invested in in terms of, like, Netflix or playing gut, <laughs> get, doing more gaming or whatever? What, what, are you, what have you been doing with your extra time? Um, funny enough, just like probably two weeks before I signed a, a building contract. So I've got a huge renovation going into my house at the minute. So um, I've, I've invested a lot of time um, in terms of renovating my house. So I've, um, I'm picking tiles and then like even picking guttering for the bloody house. It's just, <laughs> the list goes on. It, it's, it's insane. And, and as soon as I pick something, it, it can change five things. So it, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know how I would have done it if I was continuing playing. It would have been pretty stressful so i've been renovating my house my partner she's uh she's had a lot of um opinions on that as well so we've we've been doing a lot of that um i've also been doing you know you know who's got to make the final decision don't you (laughs) oh she she's an interior designer so she's certainly got the last last decision in terms of that um but also the club i've got an interest in list management and recruiting um and the clubs the clubs included me in a lot of um in a lot of our meetings for, for this year. So I've okay. been lucky that the club's been able to explore, explore Coons, interest in that. Far away. Coons, you're a right. Far away, Adam. Big off-season no, coming up. No. How many draft <laughs> index points do we need to know? <laughs> <laughs> have you had your eye oh, on one, one free no. agent? Oh, actually, there's not too many free agents, but if you've got uh, your eye on one player that you think could make this list better then, list manager? No, I think I think <laughs> Joey's done the job at the minute. So <laughs> Straight bat. Um no, look, a, a classy midfielder that can hit the forwards well would be nice. But, um, <laughs> you don't have any of those, nah, do you? Look, we've, we've got a very, very good list, list 
uh, at the minute. Um, it's just about keeping our list together at the minute. So, um, yeah, it's yeah we've been privileged with the players that we've had come through and, and develop. Um, it's about maintaining our list. To be totally honest, we've had we've had some of our VFL players that are playing. Like for example, Jimmy Madden, that's that's an Irish boy. He could easily play on any other list, and he's off halfback. He he's a he's a genuine jet. Um, I wish he was playing AFL, to be totally honest. But unfortunately, with the players that we've got in terms of Daniel Rich and and Graham Birchall, he just can't get a game. So at the minute, we've we've got a very very good list. Um, Touchwood. It's great to have a chat, Eric. We wish you nothing but the best. Um, we're all a bit the poorer that you're not out there at the moment. So good luck with your rehab. Good luck with the renovation. Uh, learn what you can about <laughs> list management and we'll follow your endeavours. Good on you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. Eric Hipwood with us, uh, Injured Lions forward. A shout-out for Flight Centre. Win $30,000 worth of holidays now, then travel later with Flight Centre. That's win now, travel later with Flight Centre. What a lovely young man. Yes. Very, um, yeah, very positive. Very yeah. articulate. The, the bit I loved out of all of it, Kearns, and you did fire some brilliant questions, but the bit I love, and I don't know how much of it I believe, and I definitely know you don't believe it, <laughs> that Joe Danaher's job <laughs> is not, not to kick role. goals. Come on, Eric. Come on. Well, yeah, well, if there is a night that you do need your key forward, knowing that there is a handful of other players not playing, including Eric, it is tonight, Joe. So one the, of your main responsibilities the tonight will be to kick Goals, it's please. being changed, okay? Next year, it's just how many times you can bring the ball to ground. Just compete. Oh, yeah, shit. if they compete, that's Ma- going to be the Mason new... Cox might win the yeah. Coleman next year. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and he bring it to ground. No, no the medal might be named after him with the Coleman's gone. It's just somebody in the past. What I do like, there. though, is when you have players, and most clubs will have a player or a handful of players like Eric, that, okay, this has been a significant setback that he's got this long-term injury. How do I improve myself? What can I learn by sitting on the sidelines, list management? Picking tiles. You, you, picking tiles. But you're sitting on these meetings, and I have a, a strong belief that it adds up to something in your output when you get back on the field. It gives you a different perspective of the game. A the game's much easier when you're oh, it's, a, oh, it's the best. These are the easiest seats in, in Australia, right, where we sit. But I think it's, yeah, it's from, a from a setback, it actually gives you a great perspective on the game and empathy of what other players are going through. Because when you're in the moment, Coons, at training or in the game, you don't care. All you want to know is, are you kicking it to me and am I going to get my hands on it? They always say that a player's had a serious injury, say, and they end up doing some coaching, coaching kids even or whatever, that it changes their perspective on things a bit. Do you think there's something in that, Coons? You suddenly you got to, you know, you just you see the game a bit differently? Uh, yeah, it depends on your mindset, I think. There's two ways of going about it. You can, you know, put your head down and, and silk and whinge, or you can look to, at ways to improve yourself and also improve your team and improve your teammates. So um, whether that's watching Joe Danaher or watching the forward six and giving them two or three things throughout a game that they can possibly work on, it also gives you an understanding of what it's like as a fan sitting up on level three of how easy the game looks yeah. when you're sitting up high compared to when you're out on the field, how hard it actually is. So it can, and, and I played a lot of footy, luckily, in my first year. And I didn't have an understanding of what it was like to sort of sit up in the stands. And when you sit up there, it's just like, why don't you just kick it to that guy in the (laughs) middle? How easy is that? It gives you an understanding of why the fans go so mad from level three. When we went back and played indoor footy, Jared, it was a reminder of just how tough the game is. Stay at home (laughs) full forward. You can get involved on AFL Nation across the weekend on the open line thanks to Southern Phone. Simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. Switch to Southern Phone. And this is for Eric Hipwood. Beaumont Tiles have what you need. You know Beaumont's are here to help, and they've helped Peter Brandon uh, from Beaumont Tiles, Ed, Edward Stown in Adelaide, to keep his business going, and they can help you too. 
How's this for a helping hand from Beaumont Tiles? You can win a share of 100 grand's worth of DTA waterproofing, grouts and glues. A lot of grout. That, that's right. 100 grand worth of material could be yours. Shop at Beaumont's or jump onto iCanWin.com.au to enter. I did rather like when Eric said Fags is wedded to his three tall forwards and then changed his mind to three pillars. Yeah. Three, yeah. There, right? three, three tall forwards. Yeah. Right three tall players. Three big blokes. <laughs> Just wanted three forwards. A shout out for Ringers Western from from a Kimberley cattle station to the commentary box, ringerswestern.com. Hey, the boots are great from Ringers, too. Very they good. are. Yeah. Very Tried good. them on last night, actually. Did you? Yeah, I wore my jeans on the armchair experts. Was there a too, photo of you and a pig in a car recently? <laughs> uh, it might have been me in the car looking like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're Iggy. It's Iggy's birthday today. Oh, First birthday. My so wife pointed that out to me today. She said, are you working with Coons? And I said, why is that? She said, he's in a car with a pig. Yeah, the pig broke, broke into the car and <laughs> ate all the shopping. <laughs> Got into the shopping. <laughs> Brisbane Lions, Western Bulldogs from the Gabba. First semi-final night. You're listening to AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles when tiling products for a year, iCanWin.com.au. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Dal Coons, what'd you take away from last night? Oh, I think we got the result that we probably went in expecting that a undermanned and probably less experienced team in the Giants. I, I thought they were, before we, we move on to the Cats, I thought the Giants were as good as they could be. I thought they were brave. I thought they never gave up, particularly coming back late when it looked like it was over. They, they had that last spurt and particularly started through the midfield and then got some really good goals. I thought the turning point in that particular passage was the Josh Kelly goal, uh, the Josh Kelly kick that landed on the goal line, bounced pretty much straight up in the air. A free kick was paid. Would have gone to 14 points at that stage. Ultimately goes down the other end of the ground and makes a uh, goals kick by the Cats, which goes out to 26. But I, I think... W- I've got a lot of respect for Geelong for their ability to put themselves in this situation year after year. This has been going for 15-odd years now, and that's all you can ask for from a player's perspective. Just give this playing group, and they've earned the right to keep pushing until it no longer works. And at this stage, I, I still think it is working. So I was really impressed with their collective last night. Joel Selwood, once again, didn't have his biggest game. Paddy Dangerfield, didn't once, uh, once again, didn't have his big, biggest game. But as a collective... Finals football, weighted numbers, they got the job done. I thought it was an impressive performance as a whole. Well, they did last night what Port Adelaide didn't allow them to do, and that is control the tempo of the game. They they want to, and it is boring at times watching Geelong. Sorry, Hutto and Jared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way, entitled the that, way that they play is so safe in the back half, and it didn't work for them against Port Adelaide because their pressure was enormous. Even when they switched the footy, they turned it over and got scored against. But GWS allowed them to slow the tempo down and control the game. They were back over 90 marks. Last night, they were in, I think, 72 against Port Adelaide. And Port Adelaide had over 100 marks. So they controlled the game against Geelong. I thought Geelong controlled the game against the Giants. I don't like the way that they play, GWS. They, they are an inside, hard, contested side who don't play fast, attacking football <clears throat> enough until they needed to, and they kicked three in a row, and they looked like a completely different side. Now, that is through necessity because... They had to throw caution to the wind because they were so far behind. That's what they had to do. I don't understand why they don't play like that more often because they have the weapons to do it. They have the hardness inside and they have the run on the outside led by Lockie Whitfield. Uh, They go outside a lot when I think they should come inboard more. And I think that, uh, and I've been critical of um, not Leon's coaching, but Leon's ball movement and the way they've played for a number of years now. So the, the game GWS against Sydney, 
we were talking pre-game. Now, generally, you would think this is the, the run, the Lamborghini-style GWS Giants against the hardened Bloods culture of Sydney. But the, it was flipped last week. So it was an inside, contested GWS side against a running, young, enthusiastic Sydney team. So well, I'd like them to play faster. I'd like them to play more attacking. I, I don't... It looks good when they do it. They don't do it for four quarters, and Geelong controlled the footy last I, I night. agree with, with parts of that, Coons, and, and you're spot on. I think that the Giants' point of difference can be their ball movement, and I'm with you. I don't think they've played to their strengths, and yes, it may expose themselves on turnover, but their point of difference is their talent. It's a really dangerous word in football because most players have talent, but they've got more than anybody, and I just don't think that they play a style of football that accommodates to what their list currently is. Yes, they are really hard inside, and it's been a change, and we have this general feel that there's still the tsunami that run and spread and they don't win it on the inside. No, no, they're a hard-nosed team. But you're right, I don't think on turnover they're aggressive enough, particularly with their ball movement. It doesn't bring in the players that you think would really adapt and love that style of football. And I thought Lockie Whitfield was superb last night. You know, under the pressure of a game, slippery conditions, up against it because the Cats are coming, he was over the football time and time again. I thought he was significant. But once again, it's hard to win any final when you don't have your best players there, and so, that was last night. But this has been going on for a long. This has been going has, on for a long time. Yeah, They've really time. had their anywhere but it really near their hurt best them last night early, did it? Not having really targets and ways to kick goals as last so, night. As soon as I saw that Jesse Hogan was out, yeah. I became really worried. One for how I thought the game would go, but more importantly, how my multi bet would go because <laughs> I had the Giants at the line. And as soon as Hogan was out, I think it was 17 and a half. So it was was pretty reasonable. And Jesse Hogan has become a really important focal point so quickly for that forward line. Played really well in his first final. And I could tell the first five minutes they had four or five opportunities inside 50. Four forwards are up too high. They had no one to kick to. And Geelong love to sit back and they love to intercept and they prey on the high ball that comes in. So the ball use wasn't great from the Giants going in, given that they only really had Himmelberg as their main key forward. Where will they finish next year, do you think, the Giants? Seventh. Oh, jeez, we're already going there, are we, Huddo? God, I'm still trying to work out what's happening in 25 minutes and Huddo's already wanting 12 months' time. Are they Um, going up or down? They'll be holding. I think they go up. I can't see them having a huge influx. The the other bit I just want to touch on in regards to last night's game is from a Geelong perspective is we use this word connection. The connection and the attention to detail when Tom Hawkins is leading or has a one-on-one to put it to their advantage was significant and he turned the tables on what happened when he played Taylor last time. It's just showing on the tally, a furphy unbelievable moment. And this is when Simon Beasley was against the Brisbane Bears and I think they all jump on each other's shoulders here. I reckon <laughs> yes, Lawrence Shackey was one pyramid. of them. Yeah. That's, uh, that's excellent. Coons, Someone's have a great call. <laughs> this is outrageous scenes. You're due next door. Enjoy your call, Coons. Thank uh, you. We'll settle in for the preview for the warm-ups for Reem and Stolarim, Australia's favourite in hot water. Do you have your eyes on a brand new car? Go ahead and experience the convenience of buying your brand new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. Visit the Hyundai website to find your local dealer today. This is AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.